1: Welcome to the family with
3: Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk.
0: Officer Dave.
1: And Andy Rampernard. That's the thing. What an intro. I thought it was magnificent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Andy's got his Nintendo shirt on today, so you can play him some games, are you?
2: Not right now. Not this moment.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, her memoir, Bravery, Chasing Dreams, Befriending Pain, and Other Big (laughs) Ideas, Alexi Pappas with us. How you doing, Alexi?
4: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: Marvelous! Thanks for a- asking. The Olympic runner, actress, filmmaker, and writer. do not you stay a little busier, Alexi?
4: Yes, I, uh, <laughs> I. I will. I've never been bored, and I would like to be one day.
1: Yeah. Well, that yeah, there's something to look forward to. You can be bored in the future sometime. Not right now, though. Alexi Pappas shares what she's learned about confidence, self-reliance, mental health, embracing pain and achieving your dreams. You know what's wonderful about that, just that paragraph alone, Alexi, as we've been talking quite a bit on this show and the morning show that I do as well, about the fact that no one's happy with anything. People love to hate one another. If they would look at confidence, self-reliance, mental health, embracing pain, and achieving your dreams, they would never act that way, would they?
4: Yeah, that's really, um, that's a very, uh, you know, it, it reminds me of, like, a scarcity mindset versus, like, an abundant mindset, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and I feel like we all have a choice in any situation to see see things as one versus the other, right? Because no matter what, whatever, right. there's, there's, there's a way to keep moving, but there's a way to see, like, zero doors or, like, eight different doors, just not the one you thought you'd walk through.
1: What's funny about that, Lexi. is just about a week ago or two, I guess it was two weeks ago, and I've been talking about this quite a bit on the show, but I saw a friend of mine talking to another young man. The young man was probably about 30, 30 years old, probably somewhere in there. And as I walked up, I did not know the younger guy, but I knew the guy. Let's say I didn't know the guy on the right, but I knew the guy on the left. I was there standing there, and I walked up to say hello to my friend, and the young guy looked at me and said, we're, we're having a discussion here, uh, and it's about politics, Which which... Uh, party do you belong to? And I said, well, I grew up a Democrat. I then tried being a Republican and now I'm very much a centrist. And he scowled at me and said, oh, you're one of those. It's
2: like, mm-hmm. did I have
1: any answer I gave you? Would it have been right? Probably not. I didn't have the right answer for him.
4: Right. Well, <laughs> that's interesting because people, I've been thinking about this, like people subconsciously want to be Right. Like it's a more comfortable, or oh, yeah. consciously. Yep. Like it is a better, it's a more comfortable place to be than being like happy or being healthy. It's like to be correct, even if being correct is not in your favor. It's just more comfortable for people. And so to like pin you down into some sort of box based on what you said and not really who you are is so, uh, is so comfortable leaning, right? Um, mm-hmm. that's, and it, and it, and it's, I've tried to like, to be like, I would like to be wrong and help myself. Um, And it's like so humbling to just have a like, I might not be right about many, many, many things in my life mindset because you're kind of like a freshman again. Um, So maybe he should go back to the freshman team and not be on varsity at the moment, you know?
1: It's a possibility. I just think, to tell you the truth, you're just giving up everything by taking such odd positions that you have to argue with them, you're making yourself very vulnerable by claiming only one side of an issue. Yeah, a lot of vulnerability there, in my opinion, don't you think?
4: That's a really, that is a very unexpected thing for me to hear from you because you're right, but I've never thought about it as vulnerable. Like, I would have thought about it as like a many, many other words before vulnerable. Um, but. Are you saying, why do you say vulnerable? Well, because I think, yeah, I guess
1: making their thought process, not, not as a person, not as a being, but your thought processes are very vulnerable. If you're just, if you're all in, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. If you're all in on the left or you're all in on the right, it's very easy for politicians to talk you into giving them a ton of money so they can live to be multimillionaires millionaires. Mm. And you're sitting back at the house going, well, what happened to my money? Where, where, did, the, where did it go? Where did it go? Yeah, it's Right, just,
4: right, because, yeah. wow. No, no, you're, basically what you're saying is, like, they're very rule-oriented and they're not actually able to be present with, like, moment-to-moment feelings, lessons, like, uh, changes, right? Because they've made a decision that, like, it's almost like the top of a they've made, like, a North Star decision that colors every other decision or, like, viewpoint. Yeah. And it may not even apply. And it doesn't let them... It puts them on a conveyor belt rather than, like, walking the earth with their own two shoes or whatever. No,
1: it works for me. And, you know, to tell you the truth, when I wake up every morning, and over the years I've been working on this and try to get better and better at things when I wake up, and the first thing I think about is how much I love my wife and our son and our daughter and our grandchildren and how lucky I am. I mean, I've been sitting behind a microphone for about 52 years. What a scam of a life I've run. I've never worked a day in my life, to be honest with you. You know? No, well, that's not giving yourself enough credit. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Alex, I should...
4: Well, it's not, because, you know, sometimes I think about that with, like, things that I do or things that other people do, and you're like, or even, like, just anything. Like, you think about a race that you're running, and Mm -hmm. even if you won because only five people showed up, you're like, you still have to show up to run the race. You know what I mean? And so, like, anyone is welcome to come and try and step in front of the mic just like you, but not all of them will be able to be paid to do it for as long as you have.
1: Well, that's I mean, that's and and again, that's where the gratitude part comes in. I, I think well, let me ask this not what I think, but what do you think? Are we losing our gratitude? And I'm talking about around the world, not just in America, but around the world. Is there any gratitude left?
4: That's, that, you're asking such lovely questions. Well, thank um, you. Yeah, like, I mean, what does it require to have gratitude? You have to have a little bit of distance from what's going on, right? You have to have perspective on it. And so maybe what has led to having less gratitude is being so close to everything and having such a constant like um, inflow of like information and demands and feelings and you know other people's feelings we are more aware of and everything and so maybe we're we just don't have the space to feel um, those things and yeah. so I don't know if the gratitude is not in there or if it's just like being kept inside a place and not being let given air enough like think about like a bird that like is not let out of its cage to fly maybe it's it's not that we don't have it it's that we haven't given it some fresh air
1: Alexi do you have a baby with you
4: it's my best friend's baby. Oh, I love
1: that. There's a little baby in the background going, "Tom, you're wrong. Shut up, Tom." Well,
4: it's also like when you look when you see a baby or when you see animals or nature. I feel like those are great ways to yes. reconnect with gratitude, right? Like yep. the things that are not just like perfectly adult human, like which we don't really see anymore. Animals, babies, and nature are like such good ways to reconnect with gratitude
1: will we ever reconnect with that again the things that make us so happy matter of fact uh, my son andy is engineering this show he's on the show and he has a almost two-year-old who's a, a year and nine months old mm-hmm. and one of the sweetest things was happening i don't know where he learned it and how it came about but he and i hit it off immediately so whenever he comes over he walks up to me and throws his arms up in the air like pick me up which <laughs> It makes my heart feel so glad when he does that. I don't know if he wants me to feel that good, but he sure as hell does. Just the fact that he just, hey, pick me up. I want to be held by you. I love that so much.
4: Yeah. So if I did that,
0: Tom, you'd be okay with that?
4: (laughs) Yeah, let me
1: pick you up.
3: That'd be a great idea. What do you think, Josh? Think I'd be able to do that? Well, in your... Yeah, a few years ago when you were pumping, when <laughs> well, you were video. when you were pumping, uh, exactly. you know, three hundred and fifty pounds, you know, <laughs> you know,
1: Alexi, what gave you the, the idea? Uh, you know, I'm going to write a book, but it's going to be very, very positive. At least that's the way I take it. Should I not? I mean, it's a very positive book. It sounds like to me. Correct?
4: Yeah. There, look, there's some real melancholy in there. Because, sure. Like that is um, that's like the reality of it. But I think the goal. Was really, you know, with writing Bravey, the goal was to try to help make people feel seen and supported at the same time. And I think that's like how the best music makes me feel. Yeah. Like I feel like it understands me where I am and it also is taking me where I want to go. And that is how I would have received support best as like a kid or even now is like both, right? Like you want to be seen and, and helped. And so the book, like, a lot of it is just like vocabulary shifts and just different ways of seeing things that are uh, seem fixed, right, and objective, whether mm-hmm. it's like chasing, a you know, an Olympic dream or a big dream or having a really challenging struggle, mental health or otherwise. But how do you like see yourself in those situations in a way that makes you feel helpable? Because that's really the word. That's really all you need. You need
1: to feel helpable. Yeah, I think that's great. By the way, named one of the best books of the year by Real Simple. Uh, that's quite an honor. Bravery, chasing dreams, befriending pain, and other big ideas. That's to be. I like.
0: I like
3: the idea though. Befriending pain. Yes, now befri- I, yes. I, I do under understand, Ale- <laughs> Alexi, that you ran to me one of the toughest races around. You ran. Um, you jumped over barriers in in a in a track race. Am I, am in I correct in that? You,
4: yeah, that was my college event. Was a steeple chase where you jump over the big wood barriers and the big water pit, and it's that, like being in Alice in Wonderland on the track.
3: I don't I don't know that, that <laughs> that's <laughs> a great line. Actually. Having having run, having run that race, that is the most brutal oh, I bet. race around, because those barriers do not move. <laughs> that's not good
4: That's right And, and you will fall down
3: you Oh fall yes
4: down. <laughs> um, But that's why sports are great Because like you learn That falling and, and failing Is like a part of winning And it's very natural And it's very uh, It's very good in a way um, So But yeah the steeple was a wild race And look I'm going to respectfully correct you. The book is called Bravey without an R. So B-R-A-V-E. Oh, Bravey.
1: Yes, I'm sorry. Um, you're right.
4: It's okay. I just felt like I, I'm getting more confident with like, just be like, just tell them the name of your book. Yes, you know? do that,
1: like, Alexi. Yes. Like,
4: <laughs> um, and it's a made up word, so I don't blame you for saying bravery, but it's what my young, Bravey. like there's a lot of young um, people who follow me that call themselves Bravies and What's fun about it is like, it's not a real word. It comes from a real word and you can just decide that you are a mm-hmm. bravey. And I think as a kid, like, you know, whatever, I just like was really confused and lost and I just wanted to be able to choose what I wanted to be instead of having other people assign it to me. And so I hope that it's useful to other people too.
1: Alexi, do you think your your perspective, my perspective, everybody on this show right now and everyone listening you learn your perspective by being around other people, and sometimes you're lucky and sometimes you're not. I'll give you an example. We had a legendary sports writer in this town named Sid Hartman, and Sid just died a short a couple a couple of years ago at a hundred years old. He was a hundred. Wow. And I was sitting with him in an ice cream store one day when he was 88 years old. He and I grew up in the same neighborhood, very very poor neighborhood, a lot of violence, that kind of thing. This man uh, followed uh, his mother's orders and went and picked his dad up at the bars. As a nice Jewish boy, it was very em- embarrassing for him to have to go into a bar and take his dad out of there. Would you agree with that, John? I would agree with yeah. that. That's tough, Jewish or not. Yeah, but well, yeah. Jews don't like that big drinker deal. They're <laughs> not big on that. But uh, we're sitting there eating ice cream cones. He was talking about you know having to go pick up his dad and sometimes carry him home from the bars. He was so intoxicated. And then he turned his head away from me, looked away from me and, and took a lick of his ice cream cone. And he turned back around. Now he's 88 years old at this point. He has tears running down his face and he said, Tom, I wish my mama had never died. That was one of the greatest moments of my life to watch a man as big and powerful. He had a huge voice in the newspaper business,
2: had a very, very wealthy man. He had it all, but he, it wasn't complete because his mm-hmm. mom died. Well, I mean, and his mom must have died years prior, Oh, right? God, yes, yeah. absolutely. And that's what life to me is about, Alexi, is being around
1: people like that that actually could go, you know what, I'm very popular, I'm very rich, I got everything, I'm, very, I'm powerful. No, no, all he cared about is I'm sad because my mom's dead. I love that mm. about him. I really did.
4: Yeah, yeah, and it's, I mean, I feel like that he was able to, like, cry means he maintained a relationship with her even after she died, yep. because, right, like, because we, I mean, I, you know, as, as I think, you know, whatever, I, I lost my mom young, but it felt like you evolved, like, your your relationship evolves with these people because you evolved. Mm-hmm. And as long as you keep them in your heart or maybe you simply can't forget about them because they were so impactful, you kind of they change with you they change because you change almost like they're um what is it the 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 moon like the what are the moons they're, I'm not such a science person, but like it's like they're- ro- you're rotating around this thing and it looks different, and it changes, and so maybe that. That's so beautiful that that he could, could have something that felt so... And maybe some of it was just simply missing what he did have, mm. but I'm sure it changed over time because he just kept her in his heart like that, too.
1: But don't you think I'm the fortunate one here because I got to, to witness that? I got to meet mm. a man like that? It makes my life oh. so much better, correct?
4: That's right, because you're saying, like, yeah, so that's a really interesting question, too, because it's kind of like, like, what are we on this planet for? Are yes. we here for like, are we here for feelings? Are we here for experiences? Are we here for um, like, like, I, I feel like it's like those two things, really, like there's feelings, there's experiences, and like, they're, they're similar, and they're different. But what you're saying is like, you were witness to feelings that you didn't. You didn't, like, experience yourself, but you experienced them through somebody else's, like, treasure trove, lifelong development of that, and then, like, sharing it with you. Yes. was something you could receive.
1: Yeah, because um, m- many years later, my mother passed away, and I felt the same thing, and I will never forget Sid looking at me saying that to me because I thought it when I heard that my mother had died. Uh, I ca- He, uh, His thoughts carried over to me. It's like, man, I wish my mother wouldn't have died, mm-hmm. but she did. You know, what are you going to do?
4: Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of like a, that's kind of an abundant mindset, right, too, Mm -hmm. because even though you're losing, you've lost or there's a loss associated with it, there's something like that extends beyond it. It's not like, it just sounds so generous to share that with you and um, lovely to know it exists.
1: Well, I just wish that people would look at that instead of "Oh my God, you, you have a different opinion than I do. I hate you." It's like no, just sitting in this room with the three people I'm sitting in. Andy's in a, in a room just to our left. So the two people in here and Andy, I you know I feel very lucky to be on the show. I lo- I feel lucky to have you on. I I don't know if I was looking forward to Alexi, but I found a lot of luck in my life. I'll tell you that a lot.
4: Yeah, but you cultivate. I think you cultivate I think so. luck too.
1: Yeah, I think well, that's
4: right. Also, with regards to the differing viewpoints that you were talking about, mm-hmm. um, like, oh man, I had a thought. And I'm, it's, um, oh, here's what it is. So the person that treated you, you know, said, made this comment to you uh, earlier that you, you shared with us, that person was uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's yes. like what happens. People are uncomfortable. And this person in the bar was similarly uncomfortable, but they are two different expressions of discomfort, right? Like one, the first one passes the discomfort onto you and tries to like, it's like a magnifying effect of discomfort, right? And it's like a negative feedback loop. If Mm -hmm. you were to have no deflection mechanisms and not be able to handle that judgment, which you're probably mature enough to, but not everyone can. And then the second example, he, he was sharing his, discomfort with you in a way that was like a connection between you two not like hitting a you know baseball at you you know what I mean it's like a it's a different it's like a different it's a really different thing but both are actually coming from like a little seedling of discomfort if you think about it and that's okay it's just a different way to see it
1: are you really really happy that you did the book because we're happy you did the book so I'm hoping that you feel the same way
4: I feel so happy about it. I feel grateful, and I hope it is. Uh, I hope it's useful to some people, and I know that the adult book has been. And so I think the young readers' bravery will be really, really, really useful to some people. And it and and that's the most important thing to me is that it it's specifically useful to to whoever it is useful to.
1: That makes total sense. The book is called Bravery. See, I even learned a new word from you today, Alexa. Aww. Bravey, chasing dreams befriending pain and other big ideas again named one of the best books of the year by real simple alexi thank you so much for your time have a magnificent day
4: thank you thank you so much and i hope i come back to minnesota one day i ran a 10 miler there a long time ago and loved it so i'm i really am happy to be here with you
1: Weren't you running from a bank with cash in your bag? Is that what it was?
4: That's right. That's right. It was, <laughs> that was a hard race. It was actually the longest race of my life up until that point. Oh, it was really? really it was, Yeah, the 10-miler. And I, um, it, it was hard, but it was, like, beautiful. And it was, like, it just felt like the place itself made it the most, the most positive experience for a 10-miler, which at that time felt very, very long for me.
1: Oh, I understand that. Alexi, um, come back soon. And do come back to Minnesota. You can come in the studio then. That'd be great.
4: I would love that.
0: Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank
4: you. You too.
1: Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant,
0: what's the latest? Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries.
1: Alexi Pappas, ladies and gentlemen, bravey. I got a new word. Now, if it were me, of course, I would write another book and call it Potatoes and bravy. Wouldn't <laughs> you? <laughs> Potatoes and, bra- and gravy. Potatoes and bravy. I Here's, like it. <laughs> let me call it that. Here's she some w-
2: context behind Sid Hartman's comment What's about his mom. So he was 88, right? So that would have been 2008. Uh Yeah. Uh, that means his mother had died 36 years prior to him making that comment. There wow. you go. And he was still upset about it. And by the way, my mother died later on. Uh,
1: yep. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mm. I didn't know she was going to die, but oh, I suppose she, she's at the point where. Yeah, I mean. You know, that whole situation, because he and mom were the same age. I think he was born like six months before mom. He's born March 15th,
2: 1920. Yeah, so there you go. She was born August 25th, 1920. Yeah, so only a few months. So there are just a few months. Were they,
3: so. And they were born in the same
1: same area? Nah, she was born in Browerville, Minnesota, famous for two things. My mother being born there and Tom Brady's mm-hmm. mother was born there. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly right. Two very famous people from Browerville, Minnesota, a town of about, I believe at the time, 150
2: people. That's about it. Let's see how it's doing today. How many people got living in Browerville? That that'd be interesting. Uh, let's see. In twenty ten, it was seven hundred ninety.
1: Ooh, out of the seven hundred ninety people. Wow,
2: metropolis. Uh, eight hundred thirty nine in twenty twenty. So it's growing. Oh, look at that! There you go. It's on the up and up. expanding families. In fact, it's got the highest population it, it has ever had. And it's out what eight ninety? Uh, yeah. Well, eight thirty nine. Eight
1: thirty nine. Okay. Yep. Highest population. They, I think, honest God, when my mother was born there, there were less than 200 people living in that town. I'm mm-hmm. almost certain. It's right by Long Prairie, Minnesota, which <laughs> mm-hmm. is where,
2: you know. Just visited it for the first time like a month ago, right? You had never been to Long Prairie before. No, I don't think so. See, that makes me so sad because
1: it's a dump compared to what it used to yeah, be. Yeah, it wasn't great. It was so sad. Well, because I'm sorry, but they bring in all these itinerant farm laborers, and they destroy the small
2: towns in this country. I wish they wouldn't allow them to do that. It's like tourists. Tourists yeah. wreck everything because they don't they have don't. any connection to it.
0: There's yeah. there's no investment on exactly. their part. Right. Because right.
2: yeah. they know they're not going to live there forever, so why take care of it? Yep. Did you hear that segue? We're going from talking to Alexi, to There's no...
1: Investment. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Hey,
0: there's things about radio I get and segues, on. <laughs> you got segues.
1: You got the segues on. We're going to be talking investment
3: now with Josh Arnold. What's happening, Pally? Well, for the second week in a row, Standard & Poor 500 uh, index is going to be down. So some would say we're in that period of time where... The stock market, after a pretty good good run this mm-hmm. this year, measured by the broad indices, is having a little bit of a retracement. Now, as we've discussed before, uh, typically in any year, you're going to have three to four, five to ten percent pullbacks mm-hmm. caused by any number of of issues. So, right now, uh, or actually the last few years, as interest rates have been moving up, any time that there is fear that the Federal Reserve is going to continue raising interest rates, Mm -hmm. that creates um, some, uh, we'll say, yeah, more fear that, oh, if the Fed is going to continue raising interest rates, then maybe it's smart to sell stocks and put the money someplace else. Uh, and where's the someplace else? well maybe put the money in a savings account or put the money in shorter term treasuries because that's where you can get the best rate of return. Uh, however, my view is stick with stocks yeah right uh, invest in stocks for the for the long run yes they're going to go up and up and down look at companies that uh, have a product or service that is going to be useful. Over, time, over, over a period of time, companies that are going to be able to increase um, their revenues, and if you increase their revenues over time and keep their costs under control, uh, that will increase the margins and that should increase the, the price of their stock.
4: Mm-hmm. And with
3: a uh, number of companies, if they're increasing their sales and revenues, keeping their expenses under control, They'll probably be able to pay pay out some return to shareholders in the form of either dividends or share buybacks, and that will also help mm-hmm. support those, those companies. So I've talked in the, in the past about my favorite company, Apple, which is one company right. that's been able to do that. But even in the face of better, better sales, better earnings, uh, there have been... I will say individuals who have either taken some profits from that stock because they're looking into the future and saying, oh, if interest rates continue to move up, uh, um, that's going to uh, crimp individuals' ability uh, to continue to buy items mm-hmm. you know, and or the individuals are going to cut back on on spending. And if they're going to cut back on spending, who is going to go out and buy a $500 or $1,000 smartphone or Mm -hmm. computer? And if they've cut back on on buying that, that's going to have an adverse effect on on Apple into the the future. So we're going to sell the stock now, take a profit, and once that selling happens, that will kind of continue onward. Uh, And it's not just Apple, Uh, Apple since its earnings, has dropped uh, in value about 10%. Mm-hmm. Microsoft, which is another large capitalization stock, has dropped uh, about 12% since its earnings call, and Microsoft's earnings have been pretty good. Now, stocks stocks don't go up in a, in a straight line, and to me, this little pullback uh, would give smart investors another opportunity to to buy to buy the shares now, um, what is tim cook looking to buy
1: all of the world the i world. mean somebody told me he's thinking of
3: buying disney no that's they that, made that, that up i don't I wouldn't say that it's made up um, let's see when when tim cook's predecessor as ceo of, of apple I think the guy's name was Jobs, Steve, Steve Jobs. Jobs. I've
1: heard that name I've
3: somewhere heard that. Steve Steve or twice. Jobs, here. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh and I think Steve Jobs was one of the founders of of Apple. Mhm. But when Steve Jobs Jobs was alive, uh on his board of directors there was a guy named Bob Iger. Oh, there you go. And there was another guy from another old favorite company of mine, uh, Nike, who was also on the board of directors of Apple. Now, Steve Jobs was the largest individual holder of Disney stock. Oh, that I did not know. That's yeah, Steve Jobs, after he left Apple at one point, started a company called Pixar. Yeah, yep. Disney bought Pixar I remember for a small amount of money and Steve Jobs got a lot of shares in Disney. so he became a very large shareholder in Disney and Apple and Disney had what we saw a symbiotic relationship there you go. Nike and Disney also were Nike and Apple also had a symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. Because um, Nike at one time was putting little chips, or you had the ability to put chips in your running shoes to um, record your your running, and then you could put that into your Apple okay. computer. <clears throat> uh, Nike also started designing clothes along with Apple so that you could store your... Um, iPod in a in a pocket. Oh, your iPod, and, and have have the wires.
0: <laughs> we're going back with yeah Yeah, it.
3: now we're going back. Go go up through your clothing so that it wouldn't flop around. Oh right, sure. Okay, so at one point, because Apple was generating a tremendous amount of cash, I talked about on a radio program that I do on a on a um, another channel. Um. Apple has tremendous amounts of cash. Right. Nike and Disney's stock was down. I think it would make a lot of sense for Apple to expand their business. Why not go out and buy both Nike and Disney? Mm-hmm. And given that Apple was leaning a lot to towards media and had their app store, was developing stuff with Apple TV, I thought... This would be a tremendous deal, not to mention, of course, Steve Jobs being a large shareholder right. of Disney. That'd be a pretty easy uh, transition. That kind of blew away uh, as time time went on. And oh, okay. recently, okay. Uh, uh, an analyst from Morgan Stanley made a proposal that Apple still has a lot of cash. Disney's sh- uh, share value is low, jeez, it would make a lot of sense for Apple to buy Disney that would give them a, an outlet into uh or I'll say a bigger outlet into entertainment and to sports and what' would, a story that is so there's every chance this could happen well there's there's some people in Washington that Uh, Have an agency called the, uh, was it the FTC, (laughs) Federal (laughs) Trade Commission, and the um, FTC chairman uh, Lena Khan, young young woman, uh, is not real happy with big companies. She wants big companies are bad. They're bad, they're monopolistic, Uh, they're involved in antitrust, and we've got to do, we being the government, where the FTC needs to break them up.
0: Really? Yeah. Is that a good
1: idea? Not really. I don't think it is either.
3: It's not necessarily in the best best interest of consumers. So what's Um, your point by saying this? It makes no sense to me. My point in saying this is the likelihood of... Well, she is one of those people who believes that everything exists in, in perfection. Oh, and okay. that And if everybody competes on the same level, they, they're they all going to have this, the same result. Well, that's not possible.
0: So capitalism does not exist in her mind.
3: It's bad. It's, <laughs> it's bad.
0: I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I
3: mean... Right now, the, uh, the FTC, is, or it's under my impression that sometime in the next couple of weeks, the FTC is going to file a, com- a, uh, a suit against Amazon to break them up because Amazon is a horrible, horrible company. They are monopolistic, and they um, hurt small, small businesses. And... I'm thinking, um, I don't think so. Hmm. Okay. I don't think so. They,
1: I don't think they probably, if we're going to be nailed with these numbers, I don't think they do pay enough taxes.
3: Amazon as a company or
1: are you talking? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they should
3: be kicking in more dough to the economy. I think Amazon as a, as a company kicks in a lot of dough. I think okay. any, anybody that sells through Amazon that makes, makes money, they're paying a lot in taxes. Well, that's true. And I'm one of these people that think that uh, the lower the lower the taxes on both individuals and corporations, the more they grow, and the more the economy grows. I would and, love to see it, believe me. And um, it's kind of been proven that um, uh, the lower the tax rate, the more the government collects in in taxes. The higher the rate, the lower the returns to the, to the government. Because the people are mm-hmm. buying and spending well, uh, money. Right. Yeah. The more you're going to be spending money, the more you're going to be developing business, the more money that is generated, Yeah, and the more the desire to turn, o- to turn over to assets. Why doesn't Minnesota in particular understand that? Because they're talking about raising the top rate to 14.5%. You, ju- you as a very well-to-do... Uh, independently, will say successful businessmen. Mm-hmm. You just aren't paying your fair share.
1: Yeah, I'm not. Gonna, I thought I was. I got to be honest <laughs> with you. I thought I was paying more than my fair share. But, but
3: no, you're not. You're not paying your fair share. Oh, okay. Your success is not your success. It's not. You had no. Oh, okay. No. Um, no idea that you could be successful, it's our success. Because you were using all of our state's resources or the country's resources, that's what made you successful.
0: It's, a, it's a gray pajamas and, and black slippers working at the broomstick factory. That's, that's kind of the deal. They, they that's
3: what they're looking for.
0: That's what I'm thinking. Because i got to be yeah. honest with
1: you, Minnesota has done more to harm my career than any other state in the union. As soon as I got famous... You know, not just well-known, but famous. Mm -hmm. They've been coming after me for 25 years. I was a racist. I was a homophobe. No proof of it whatsoever, because there is no proof of it, ruined my voiceover career. So I didn't do enough to earn more money in the state of Minnesota, even though you went out of your way to destroy me. didn't work. It didn't work, obviously. But I'd have probably
3: a lot more dough if they hadn't done it, you know. Well, that's that. You're too successful. That's, oh, that's that's not that's not, that's not good. <laughs> Damn you, Tom! <laughs> you are too successful. You are too famous. Can't have that. What what is that about Minnesotans? They really do believe that. By the way, we
0: have to knock you down a peg, is what one guy said. It's that you... passive aggressive crap? It is. You've said it before. It is it's true. And oh. I, I am with you. I hate that so much. You got a problem with me? Say it to exactly. my Exactly. And actually have some proof of what you're saying. That would be nice,
1: too. That would be nice, yeah. It would be a different situation. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, that's the part of it that I just don't understand. They want to raise taxes because we're just not paying our fair share. But if you do make a lot of money, we're going to go after you. Unless, of course, you kick in most of it to
3: our party. Right. Well, I I just just look at, um, and and I've discussed this with numerous people. I bet you
1: have. Yeah, <laughs> and it's I like, bet you have.
3: If you just look at the statistics, and say, "Okay, here are the upper, upper wage earners," mm-hmm. and if you look at uh, what they actually pay in taxes compared to lower wage earners, you'll see that the upper wage earners pay more than twenty percent, or yeah. The top twenty percent of wage earners pay about eighty percent of all the taxes. Correct. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's not enough. But that is not enough. <laughs> because it's, never, it's it's never it's it's never <clears throat> enough. And I've always asked these people who complain, Well, you make too much money, you're not paying your fair share. I said, Yeah. Give me give me a number that would be my fair share. They can't give a number. I said, okay. If you want me to pay a third of my income as taxes, wonderful. How about you pay a third of your income as taxes? Yeah. That would be, that to me is fair mm-hmm. if everybody's paying a third. Oh, no. A third of my income.
0: Is not as much as a third of your, yeah. I can, I can see where this so is he, going.
3: So yeah. that, that's where that's going. And on top of that, you're not paying your fair share because you, Tom, live in a much bigger house than I do. So your wealth, you have more wealth than I do, and that's not fair. Even though I busted my ass. doesn't make, make any difference. It doesn't make it's any not, difference, it. It. It's not, you have this wealth, and we, we the, the state, want that money so that we, we the elite, can redistribute it. How we see fit, not how you see fit. I just love that. Do you have to put up with this a lot with, with clients, I bet? No. Good. I don't to have that. to put up with this. There, there are just a few, a few people that have come along. It's like, you know, come on. You need to know
1: a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust, who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you. that is 952-925-5608 you'll be glad that you did and tell him his his guy tom sent you Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid...
2: I'm Bradley Trainer And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S., the person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends.
3: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Endorser. What's the top federal rate now? Is it 37%? It's about 37%. Yeah. Now, they, the other thing is that a lot of people don't, don't uh, understand the difference between income and wealth and or net net worth right and now you've got the i'll say the the fed the, the feds wanting to tax wealth
1: oh i saw that yes
3: and it's like okay right. how are we going to uh, um, get that well we're only going to tax your liquid wealth okay well what about what do you mean by that? Well, we want you to uh, pay tax on unearned uh, gains from your your stock portfolio. Well, how are okay. they not earned? You took the risk. Well, I have not sold any of the stock. The stock's gone, gone up. So I'm going to pay a tax on the appreciation. But <laughs> well, well, what happens if next year the stock goes down? Do I get a... Yeah. Uh, am I able to to take the loss against against that? Well, no, we just want to tax the gain. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so I 'm a Pollock, and I understand that's not fair. that's not right.
3: How uh, did I mean this it, it's all to me' it's, it's also unconstitutional because the tax taxes are on income, earned income, not on yeah. unearned right. income. It just amazes me
1: the socialism that has developed in this country since I was a little boy. Yeah, I suppose it comes and goes. There's an ebb and flow to it all. Right. No question about it. But I just love how people who are jealous of other people, well, we should be socialists. Why don't you get off your ass? You want to well, make a lot of money? Then go make a lot of money.
3: And it, it's, it, it's interesting that um, and I had, this, I had this discussion with my uh, uh, number one son. And he was he was he was talking that there are a lot of a lot of um, people coming out of college right now uh, that are telling the employers, well, we only can work so many hours a week, oh, and here's where we're going to do this, <laughs> and oh by the way, uh, here's the salary we want. Mm-hmm. Hundred grand a year, I'm assuming. Um. Yeah. At it's, least. At least that. At least. That, and that, I'm yes. thinking. Are you serious? And, and <laughs> employers, employers are buying this, this nonsense? It's amazing. I mean, I, okay.
0: I, is, it, is it tied that they're, they can't find people to do the job, period? Or?
3: Well, there are a lot, of, lot of jobs that uh, are still going empty, and wages are going up on that. Now, I do know now this will segue into something something else, okay. going back to the federal federal reserve and, and interest rates. Um, the Fed is, as I said, we're we're concerned that inflation is now endemic, and in particular, wage, we have wage inflation, and wages keep going up. I'm thinking, ah uh, yeah, I think that that is true. And, but raising interest rates is not going to bring wages down, right. uh, you know, not unless you're going to raise interest rates high enough that corporations say, uh, n- enough, we're not going to not only hire, we're going to cut, start cutting back because we can't afford to keep ex- expanding. Then the economy goes into a slowdown or and or a recession. And then the Fed is going to be forced. Oh, we overshot our goal. Now we're going to have to start lowering interest rates to get the economy uh, going again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of of wages, I'm looking at saying, well, of course they're going up. One, we've talked about this before. You know, we've got a mandated minimum wage is going from nine and a quarter to fifteen fifteen bucks. So that's inflationary. Then. Uh, there is there really is a shortage of of workers. You can see that either people not um, yeah, the, we'll say there are not enough people to fill the all the available jobs, even though you can say well the jobs or the jobs participation rate is only sixty two and a half percent. I love
1: jobs participation rate. I yeah. love that that's okay. a great
3: statement. So that. There are a lot of people that aren't participating in the, in the economy, mm-hmm. uh, and there are a lot of people that either have given up looking for work, but, geez, there's a lot of work available. And I'll just—now, that's, that's on one, one side. On the other side, you've got the Fed saying, well, wages keep going up. Saying, well, yeah, wages keep going up. Why don't you uh, pick up a newspaper, look on the Internet. And you can, you can see a few things. You've got government workers in different parts of the uh, country are thinking about going on strike because they're not getting paid enough. In Los Angeles, uh, in the last week, you've had um, walkouts by, by uh, union employees. Uh, because they say that the city of Los Angeles is not bargaining in good good faith. We want more money. We deserve more money. One group. You've got the uh, UPS just signed a contract with their drivers. So over the next five years, driver for UPS is going to get a salary of $170,000 a year. A driver? Yeah. I quit.
1: I'm gonna go become a driver.
0: Uh, no, some of the people I know that are UPS. You don't want that job. <laughs> <laughs> that bad, huh? Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> the way they're the way they're treated. Really? And the, what By they're the people exp- they deliver to? No. Well, that and the supervisors of UPS. Oh, they're just expect. You know, I've got. There's one gal in the city I used to work. She would have 200 stops a day, oh. and she would not get help. How did she do that? She just busted her tail.
3: I mean, that's three three minutes. Oh, they're they're on a they're on a clock. They, oh, yes. they, they My have, they have, yep.
1: You'd have to put in a ten hour day at a delivery every three minutes.
0: Yep. That's
3: how that's how Woo. she she
0: would just go.
3: No, they they, they they are scheduled. Here's how, how it's going to be. Very, very regimented
1: company. Is it a bad sign? Because it certainly is to me, and even though I never had any involvement with them, I see now that Shutterfly is closing down in Shakopee. 250 people are going to lose their jobs. What's that all about?
0: Uh, that I, My wife works for LifeTouch, who is owned by Shutterfly. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that's it's one of those California companies that's running things in Minnesota.
1: Is it because of the tax rate? Because I mean if they're in California, they're used to paying taxes.
3: Mm-hmm. It's I did it's, not know Shutter Shutterfly bought Life Touch. Yes. That's why that's
0: why they tore down half the building. Because it, there's no reason to have that extra building sitting there. It's out there in Bloomington. Uh Eden Prairie. Eden Prairie, right, Prairie. Yep. yeah, Eden Prairie. Right yes. by right by the number nine there. Right. Yep. Yeah. Hmm.
1: I just I, why would so shutterfly doesn't want to pay the pay the taxes here. I mean, what is that?
0: I think they just think they have a better way of doing things and Oh, I see. You know, okay. that kind of stuff.
1: I don't know. What do you think, Andy, as a young man? You got to you got to give us the young man's v- version.
2: Uh, I didn't hear about Shutterfly leaving. I'm looking it, at it right now. Yeah. So what is it saying? What's the latest? Closing the Shakopee facility. That's a uh, big building to be closed yeah. down, I'll June tell you. 2024 they're it oh they 250 are 250
3: employees so now the, the question question is are um are people getting their their school pictures
0: they're still getting their school pictures and
3: they're still doing yearbooks
0: they're still doing i don't know that life touch does yearbooks anymore i know they still
3: do the school oh, really? pictures um but yeah that's i mean so if if the business has changed
0: it, 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 then that, that's, Shutterfly that's Shutterfly issue. is trying to yeah. change yeah. how how that works. Mm-hmm. They're really working hard to figure out. And then you know, there was a big push to uh actually match do facial recognition, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well then now that latest thing came out where you can't uh and I think it's a California thing, you can't use someone's image for certain things, and so now they're like, well, what do we do with this program now? Because my wife's been working on, for a year or two, this facial recognition so that they can match student pictures, students' pictures, to the proper students. Mm. And they just, they're like, well, now we can't do this, and now we can't do that, and now we're going to do this, and now we're going to try that. (coughs) So man, my, it's she's, she's standing right now in our in our den. I'm sure working like crazy on
3: something that's probably not going to be around. So when you talk about facial recognition, is that having to do with a privacy issue? Yes. Yep. That, that they
0: can't access or use. And I, you know, I am such a non-technical guy. I mean, give me a hammer and a nail, and I'll build you a house
3: okay <laughs> oh, there
0: give you me go. a computer and i'll play solitaire because that's as much as i know you know that's i'm not a technical guy It's why when she starts talking about all these systems and whatnot and i'm like uh-huh, uh-huh. oh that's horrible i get that i get that blank stare like i don't know what the hell you're saying
1: so did they realize all those many, many years ago by doing exactly what we're talking about doing, they were going to make China a phenomenally wealthy country? Oh, well, they already have. That's what I'm saying, though. Did they know all those years ago that's what they were going to do? Because it was very obvious that's what was going to happen. If I could buy everything from China for a lot lower rate, why wouldn't I enrich them? I get it, I'll get, i get it for less money. They make more
3: money. Mm-hmm. Everybody's happy. Well, unfortunately, China is... Is, their economy is not, I know it's not. is not uh, grow, growing and even the president of the United States said that there could be a problem Where would the money today. go is what I want Yeah really they have all of our business how do they not have money All of our business
1: how do they not well, good point Andy how Where did,
3: that- where did the money go Yeah Well the money did not, <laughs> did well. not go, <laughs> it did not go to the uh to all the uh, entrepreneurs because the government that's has correct. kind of put the the thumb down. Yep. on the entrepreneurs. God, and we helped build
1: that whole system. America, American people, helped build that whole system and screwed the. Oh God, how do they not see that coming? We should have never allowed that kind of trade. No
3: way, don't you think? Shut them down, damn it. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm a big one for. I'll say for world free trade. for for free trade. I'm a, I'm a big one for that. Yeah, but when they're bumping people off to, try to give themselves,
1: I don't know. It, it just that whole. You look around the world. The the we got this and we got that and we got the cobalt mines and we got the China's business and we got Russia this and like we are involved with every piece of filth on earth now. But maybe we always have been. I guess we always have been, haven't we?
0: I, I think we probably have been, mm-hmm. just maybe a little more under the table than we are yeah, now. Yeah, probably.
3: I don't know. What do you think about that? What do I think about that? Yeah. I, I still go back. Um, you need trade. You do need trade. Uh, if, you have, um, if you have trade and you have economies growing, mm-hmm. uh, that, it, that, is, that is beneficial for all. It, or is everybody going to be moving up at the same level? No. no. Are there are there places you don't want to trade with? Yeah. There are there are countries right. you don't want to trade with. Um are we going to solve we the three the three of us or the four of us are we going to solve all the world's problems? Probably not. No. Um I'm one of these people that still thinks the United States is Probably the best place. Oh, I agree uh, with that. Around, no doubt. Uh, but are all governments um, are all governments good to deal with? No. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, but in terms of dealing with those gov- governments, um, you. You have to under, understand that they're not like us. No, that they're, they're not. They're, that every country has different ways of of doing things. Uh, no and doubt. And there may be countries where you have to... Um, I'll say where it's customary to,
4: <laughs> to <laughs> pay
3: somebody to get something done. Or... As they used to say in you know, in the area that I grew up, there were certain people that would provide protective services uh for your your business. And
0: they look like me. Big They were
3: Big. they were they were bigger <laughs> guys. Thumbs, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were they were bigger guys that you know would would come around. Bustin' thumbs and you know, we're here to provide protection you know, for your, for your business. <laughs> what a world. That's all I have I mean, that's, I'm sure that that still, still goes on. And, and in other countries that, that might just be the way that business is, is done. Is there one country in the world that is the largest purchaser
1: of American items, right. like cell phones? <laughs> you know, I forgot like to that. turn that off here.
3: I don't worry about a thing. Is Who's this... the largest purchaser of, of cell phones?
2: Um, American cell phones? Do we even make them anymore? I don't
3: think there's a single cell phone that America makes. I don't think no. there is. I, I think I they're they're designed. A lot of the I'll say smartphones because yeah. there aren't too many cell phones that are that are made mm-hmm. uh, anymore. But the smartphones are designed primarily here, put together elsewhere. Parts mm-hmm. are made here, shipped right. shipped overseas. Uh, I mean, my, my Apple, Apple phone has got a lot of U.S.-manufactured parts. Mm-hmm. Those parts are shipped uh, to China, Vietnam, and right. now India, and somebody has put those parts together. They're put back on an airplane or, or, and shipped around the, around, the, around the globe to be sold. So
1: we don't want to pay American workers.
3: We were paying American workers for what I'll call, the uh, intellectual, their intellectual ability to design right. these, these products. Uh, all manufacturing uh, around the world typically will go to the cheapest, cheapest right. source of, of labor you, for that particular product.
1: Is that
2: good for
3: the American worker? doesn't seem to be. It has not been, no. Uh, American worker, um, American work has, has changed. The types of things that American does has changed. Like, what do we do? What, I mean, if, what I, do I, if I take a look at your shoes. Yes. As an example. Shoes, the number of shoe manufacturers here in the United States has, has shrunk. Are there any? I'm sure there are. Sketchers. There, well, there, the, there are a few. The work st-
0: boot, the leather boot? More yeah. so mm-hmm. than than oh, the okay. running shoe type yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But I mean there's new New Balance used to be one of the few companies that was that was manufactured here in the United right. States. They're no longer manufactured here here in the United States. I mean they're designed, could be designed here in the United States. Right. Some of the uh, the fabrics could be put together here in the United States, but again it's shipped someplace else and brought back to the United States and resold at a lower price because you don't have um, the cost of labor here in the United States is higher than the cost of labor someplace right. else. Um, a little company called Walmart, which is going to be reporting earnings next <coughs> next week, um, has done very well, but a good number of their products are manufactured Elsewhere, brought in, and and that's how they're able to sell it at a, at a at a lower price. Uh, now, Walmart is also the largest grocer in the country. Right, yes. And groceries are, you know, food is is primarily here in the United States.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: That makes but sense. I, I mean, if you start <laughs> looking at the at the just change in the economy over. Over a period of time, when your mother was when your mother was born, or born, uh, agriculture was the largest. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll say more people were involved in agriculture than any other business. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, agriculture still generates a lot of money, but the number of people involved in agriculture is a lot is a lot smaller. You've got machines that have. Replaced right. um, workers, and m- most of those machines are st- made here in in America. All right, and, we got to close it up. El- chip, shipped elsewhere. Okay, yeah, we'll close my whole my whole point. The my is closing that comment, ladies. My government. whole point is trade is, in my estimation, trade is good, um, and the the ability to extend out that trade is is actually good, good for America, and America is very, very good in developing, we'll say, intellectual capital. Right. And you get paid more for intellectual capital than for manual labor. That's going to do it for another week. We'll talk
1: to you next week, Pally. Okay. Look I, forward to it. I always do. Thanks, Andy.